Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter. I'm your host, Dr. M, and this is issue number 38, which corresponds to the week of September 5th, 2022. Let's start with the free thoughts. The reality is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You'll learn to live with it. You will heal, and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same, nor should you be the same, nor would you want to. That was by David Kessler. So that goes along with the theory of this newsletter, which is loss. It's been an interesting and frustrating year for me, as uh, been a little much more lost than I would have liked, but such is life, and that's the way it goes. So this piece is called Loss in in Honor of Ethan, Way Too Soon. Loss has seemed to follow me more this year than any other. Whether it is a newborn baby that never had a chance to take a crack at life, an 86-year-old who lived a rich life, or now a 20-year-old in his prime, the loss is profound each and every time. My exposure is clearly occupational as well. I tend to have more risk to see death around my world. However, how do we continue to process death time and time again? Does it get easier? How do we talk about it with those that have lost? How do we keep the faith and live for our best selves as we are the ones left behind as the dead cannot suffer? Atul Gawande wrote, quote, What I recognized from following different people around who turned out to be really good at these conversations is that they were never giving up. They were fighters, but fighters for a different concept of hope, the hope that you would have as good a life as possible all the way to the very end, no matter what comes. You are often fighting to just have a good day today. And when you do that, if you sometimes ignore how much time there might be, the irony is that people not only don't live shorter, they often live longer, end quote. Dean Kuntz wrote, quote, Grief can destroy you or focus you. You can decide a relationship was all for nothing if it had to end in death or end you alone. Or you can realize that every moment of it had more meaning than you dared to recognize at the time. So much meaning it scared you, so you just lived. Just took for granted the love and the laughter each and every day and didn't allow yourself to consider the sacredness of it. End quote. As we have discussed so many times, we have to focus on the present and not the past or the future. Easier said than done, I know. However, it is exactly what we need to do. The death of a loved one is extremely painful, but we all know what they would want from the living. I know what I would want and I would want a party at my funeral. I would not want people longing over my life, the sadness of my disappearance from it, or any exposures that are related to it in the relationship sphere. I would really want people to enjoy life. I know, again, that sounds sort of crazy. People will mourn, but that's not what I would want. The other key is to know that they lived well with the time that they had. This loses itself when we lose a newborn or a really youngling, but the principle remains true in general. We can try and remember without suffering, but that is a difficult task at best. There's no easy way to swallow death 
that is premature. I think of this quote here, you gave me a forever within the numbered days by John Green. Ultimately, we are truly mourning our own loss. The knowledge that we will not experience any further connection with a person, that is really painful. Mourning is a necessary reality to deal with this. How do we mourn effectively? This year has been a challenging one for me to learn how to mourn effectively, especially with the loss of my father. First off, I would say start with a Brene Brown podcast with David Kessler discussing grief. It's a really good discussion on trying to help understand what it means to live with grief. Second, realize that grief is not going to go on forever. How long it lasts is person-dependent, but it will fade over time. We all go through stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. How we pass through these stages is up to us and our collective support system. How long does it take? The answer is, as long as it takes. Third, we can help the person in grief by showing up however they need us to. Maybe that is listening to the stories about the past. Maybe it's letting them scream at the world with us as their witness. Maybe it is doing simple tasks to lighten their load. Maybe it is a prolonged hug and energy provision. However this looks will be up to the person to communicate it to you in whatever way that they can, if at all. This is a tricky spot. If the person cannot communicate their needs, you will be left guessing. Best option here is to hold space and listen. For me, personally, this is the hardest part. Sitting with someone's grief for a prolonged time is very, very, very hard. Most likely because it is very uncomfortable for me, a fixer. To sit in the darkness for a long time and not want a solution to be present and acted upon helping the person return to happiness. It is not in my nature to sit in sadness with others or myself for a long time. It's just who I am. We all have to honor our inner truths here. However, I did go that route this year more than ever before after my father's passing. I sat in the darkness for weeks, diving into my inner thoughts to find the new future without his connection. The process was very difficult, but also profoundly moving as I found many new truths about myself in the darkness. The obstacle was the way here for me. This process has profoundly changed my ability to hold space and sit for others in their grief. Experiential learning is always more powerful than book learning. I will say that I still struggle in witnessing others' prolonged grief states. There's always more work to be done here, but I find that I'm getting closer to a place of being capable. Grieving is very complicated, and there's no roadmap to healing for us all. It is just a path that we each have that will open up in front of us. We will follow it in our own way and in our own time. Here are some thoughts. Without you in my arms, I feel an emptiness in my soul. I find myself searching the crowds for your face. I know it's an impossibility, but I cannot help myself. Nicholas Sparks said that. How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. A.A. Milne wrote that. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. Rogers and Hammerstein. 
You will lose someone you cannot live without, and your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is that you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up. And you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly. It still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance with a limp. Annie Lamott. So for me, we do this in our own way. Music has always been my refuge in the happiness and the sadness. In the newsletter, you can see a Spotify podcast that I made in honor of my father. It's called Jajo, D-Z-I-A, D-Z-I-O. If you're interested, you can give it a listen. Section two. My neighbor lost his father recently as well. Another great man. Robert Harrell lived from 1927 to July 13th of this year. He wrote a letter that I loved to his children. Dear children, this is a letter I have neglected to write, but now that I have officially declared the heart affair and experience of the past, I must write to all of you to express the heartfelt thanks of your mother and father. One of the most beneficial and forever lasting side effects of my heart bypass was the response of the Harold children. Your reactions to my misfortune were enough to make a grown man ponder what family really is. I have pondered and I have engraved on my heart and in my mind that your many acts of love and concern were a true and factual definition of family. What you five children possess and displayed cannot be found in many families. Your actions are, to me, a family treasure. Your many acts of love will truly be with me forever. I take great comfort and pleasure in sitting down in the evening and recounting the experiences, the hazy scenes from memory, however blurred, the welcome ride, the first walk up the stairs, the constant looks under which I lived during meals, rest and practice walks up and down the driveway, all acts of love. The love pats, which I later learned were a check on any personal dehydration were also touches of affection. Martha, Mary, Margaret, Robert, and Charlie, each of you have a special place in my heart. I know this is true because when Dr. Ellis was doing what he does best, I requested he make extra room for each of you. Not that you haven't been in my heart for all these years, but now there is more room. From the heart, Dad. A beautiful sentiment of a life well lived to his children. Section three, connection. We all yearn for it. It leads to belonging, which often leads to relationship and then love. To be outside of connection is to be lonely and disconnected, which often leads to anxiety and depression. The pandemic isolated so many of us that mental health issues remain a major issue to this date. In this week's podcast, Joy Warner and I go deep into why connection and leadership in school is so important. Many children have struggles at home, which lead to a lack of connection and happiness. School provides a safe location to connect and explore relationship, which like-minded or just accepting individuals. It also provides an adult mentorship that is like giving to many children in broken homes. That is often enough for the marginalized among us. Have you ever wondered why a child would join a gang and commit violence? The answer lies with being connected and feeling a sense of belonging even if it is dysfunctional. 
To be outside of a tribe is akin to being dead to our genetic code. The tribe was the only way to survive with historical violence and food hardship pressures. It is baked into our nervous system to be in a tribe to be alive. How can we think otherwise when the world seems to trivialize and divide so frequently now? Social media and political groups are counting on people's need to be in connection with like-minded individuals as a means to make profit, even at the cost of the country's unified health. The goal for smaller and larger groups has to be how do we stay in connection through love and collective happiness as opposed to through divisions and dislike of others, as we are seeing play out in the country in many spots. Unification is strength, while division, weakness. In the newsletter is also a recipe with seafood salad cups by Giada De Laurentiis. Excellent. I encourage you to go click the link. Otherwise, that's pretty much it for this week. The song of the week was Born Free by Kid Rock, one of the songs that was loved by Ethan Mastro, the young man who unfortunately lost his life to a motorcycle accident. To all of you, hug those kids. Have a great day. Much love to you. The information provided in this podcast newsletter is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for advice and treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue and does not constitute the formation of the provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.